Welcome to the Unnamed Murder Podcast. Murder Podcast. Murder Podcast. Murder Podcast. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you. Maybe even the best one yet. Best one we've ever done. Oh my gosh. Are yeah, we maybe. like opera singers or no. <laughs> should we go on the Mars Singer? Who knows? <laughs> um, thanks for tuning in again, guys, for another episode. Oh my god, so happy to see you here, guys. Oh, oh my god, it's 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 you. It's you again. Wow. You're our favourite. How are you how are you? Like, how's life been? Oh, good to hear. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Yeah, that's I hope that nobody said anything negative because we were oh, like, gosh, oh, that's yeah. great. Oh, yeah, that's a point. Good to hear if it's positive, <laughs> but sorry if it's not. Uh-huh. If it's not, you can listen to our voices and, you know, feel a bit better. It'll be uplifted. How about we start things off? Let's just dive straight in for a little quizlet. Oh, my God. It- I would love a little quiz. Would you? I, I really would. It's funny because I have one prepared. Oh my god. Oh, no. How well has that worked out? That's yeah, really good. Um, it's definitely not tapped off or anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay, so you've heard of abet, onus, rigor mortis, and habeas corpus, which are all Latin derived forensic terms, but have you heard of the below? Okay. Um, oh, let's the see. below as in. Next. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard of the word below. It's, it's, it's written down, so yeah. Okay, do you know what a bindle is? A bindle? Yeah. Um. Okay, and this is a forensic term. Yeah, it's not Latin, by the way. Those were all just like like fun little Latin words for you to like sprinkle into your daily... Um, oh, because you know I'm obviously fluent in Latin, so mm. that would have just given it right away. Yeah, um, when you aid and abet your colleague, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, bindle. Bindle. Okay, I think that means when your toes and fingers are frozen <laughs> and you can't move them. So it's like, oh God, those... Fingers are a bindle. <laughs> She's got a case of the bindles. She's got a case of the bindles, yeah. Um, I'll give you a clue. It's... Oh, that wasn't correct. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, that was a great guess. Like Thank you. did great. Um, but no. Um, oh. I'll give you a clue. It's something that you, if you were going to a murder scene, you could make up out of something you had. Okay. So you would make a bindle? You would make a bindle. Oh, my Lord. Okay. A little impromptu bindle. A little impromptu bindle. Mm-hmm. Is it like a little plastic bag made of something to collect evidence? You're really, really close. Oh, my God. And the definition of a bindle is a sheet of paper folded in such a way as to contain evidence in a secure manner. Ah, oh, see? Close. That, that was a really good guess when I told you about Thank yeah, you. like the clue. Okay. Yeah, it was only when I told you the clue that yeah, you got it. Yeah, okay. no, no. <laughs> I was quite far off before the clue, let's be honest. Okay. No, 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 you got it, you got it. One okay. point to Sophie. Okay, okay. <clears throat> next one, a frottage. A frottage? Um, actually, I probably shouldn't say a frottage, it's just frottage. Frottage. Mm-hmm. Okay, frottage. I think that is the marks left on the floor by a body. Ooh, that's a, that's a good guess, but you're wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's like, completely incorrect. Well, it's, right, well done. It's really interesting. I like where your brain was going. Okay, right. I'll give you a clue. It's NSFW. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. So it's naughty. It's um, a little bit naughty. <laughs> okay, is it when you... Is it like... It's the a, evidence you find that's like, for example, if it was like a used condom or something? Is it, like, evidence that's of a sexual nature? It's not. Shall I tell you what it is? Tell me what you it give is. Up. I give up. Okay, frottage is the term used for any sexual activity without penetration. So, like, 
anything that isn't P in the V oh. is frottage. Not it, what even in real life, like not just in a crime scene. Um. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I don't like it. So apparently they use that term like. I'm not getting. That's not something I'm going to be adding to the vocab list. So instead of sexual rubbing, you could say fancy a bit of frottage. <laughs> it doesn't sound nice. I'm not it? gonna. I'm not gonna do that. It sounds. It's along <laughs> the like same lines as the word minge. It sounds oh, quite unclean. It does. Yeah. Like. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, no. we're not going to use that one. We're not going to use that okay, one. Okay. You then, guys can, though. No judgment. Yeah. If you want to frottage away. Do a bit frottaging. Do a bit frottaging. Yeah. Okay, last one. Okay. If a police officer said they can't do that, they're code four, what would they mean? The police officer can't do it. Yeah. He would say, can't right now, I'm code four. Okay. Code four means that he is... Or she... Or she. Oh, God, that was really sexist of me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He or she mm-hmm. is with a murder suspect Ooh. spying on them. Ooh. So they're doing a bit of like. On a stakeout. Yeah, on a stakeout, a bit of undercover. Code four. It's actually nowhere near as interesting. It means they're on a meal break. <laughs> so it's like. Mackers. <laughs> I'm in the drive through. I'm code four. Can you ask someone else? That's what it means. So instead of saying, I'm on my break, they'll say, sorry, I'm code four. <laughs> yeah, I never would have got that. No, I know. How random is that? That is really random. You think you'd just say, yeah, I'm on my lunch. Yeah. But, okay. But maybe that's not okay to say, like, I'm not going to that crime. Oh, yeah. In, ca- well, in case I'm there's having... like, people listening on the police radio. Maybe. And they're like, oh, okay. You're having a subway while I'm getting knocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see why. <laughs> I can see why, yeah, people would be disappointed in that. Okay. Yeah. I enjoyed that very yeah, much. And not that. only that, I've learned some things. There you go. Go forth and be educated. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Moving on. Swiftly. Swiftly. So, we should introduce what the topic for this week Ooh, be. tell me, tell me. It is, um, it's a case that's always been quite close to my heart, I think, because I was the we were well both of us were around the same age um, of the victims mm-hmm. and it was quite a high um, profile case at the time yeah so yeah it's always been one that I think has stuck with me and yeah. it is the Soham murders yeah so we were only nine at the time yes and I believe Holly and Jessica yeah um, were ten yeah. When so it was, and I I just remember when when they went missing. Yeah, I remember it just, too. Yeah, I remember it so clearly. It was one of the ones that I can kind of, you know, what people say like about nine eleven. You remember where you were, where you heard. I remember standing in in my living room and like hearing the reports of them going missing and just really wanting them to be found. So I think this is one that's always. Yeah, I remember yeah. hearing it on the radio, like them talking about Holly and Jessica, and obviously yeah. hearing about girls at your age. It was quite scary to it listen was. to. It was at that time. So, yeah, let's talk about the facts of the case, first of all, as is what we usually do in these cases. Um, just a little disclaimer, as always, um, this we are talking about victims who are only 10 years old. Um, so yes. if that's something that you're not comfortable with, then maybe skip this one and listen to the next one instead. Um, and yeah, viewer discretion, definitely. Listener advised. discretion. <laughs> viewer, I always say viewer. Yeah. Listener, Listener discretion. discretion. Um, there may be swearing, as usual. Um, yeah, and there will obviously be descriptions of crime scenes. So if that's not something you're comfortable with, then just skip this one and move on to the next one. On the 4th of August 2002 in Soham, Cambridgeshire, 
Friends Holly Marie Wells and Jessica Amy Chapman were attending a barbecue at Holly's house. They were playing and socialising with another friend, and after she left, the two girls continued to play and changed into matching Manchester United football shirts. A photo of the pair was taken at 5.04pm. The girls left the house without telling anyone to visit the local sports centre to get some sweets from a vending machine, it's claimed. When the girls didn't return home, their parents searched for them for hours before filing missing persons reports that evening. This then led to one of the biggest manhunts in British criminal history, with over 400 police officers working full-time to search for the girls, as well as numerous volunteers. The girls were suspected to have been kidnapped, and every individual on the sex offenders register across two counties were interviewed, unfortunately to no avail. Thirteen days later, on the 17th of August 2002, the bodies of the girls were found naked and burnt in a ditch close to RAF Lake and Heath, some ten miles away. At the forefront of the investigation and unofficial local spokesperson for the community was Ian Huntley, a local caretaker, resident and fiancé of the girls' teaching assistant, Maxine Carr. Huntley was also, coincidentally, the last known person to speak to the girls after they saw Huntley outside his house washing his car and inquired whether his fiancé and their TA, Maxine Carr, had been successful in her application for a permanent position at the school the girls attended. After Huntley informed the girls that she had not been successful in her application, the girls passed their wishes on and on being told Carr was bathing and therefore couldn't come and talk, left towards the sports centre. The photo taken earlier that afternoon, showing what the girls were wearing when they went missing, was released to the public in efforts to help the appeals for information. Huntley recalled the community's shock and concern of the girls' disappearance to the press and was very active in the investigation, asking police officers how the search was going and once asking a special constable how long DNA could last before deteriorating. Yeah, that's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, I don't know why you'd want to know that or think to ask that, but, you know. Why would you say that? As part of the investigation procedures, Huntley's home was searched. Officers recalled the house smelling very strongly of bleach and saw clothing hanging on the washing line of the garden, despite the fact that it had been raining that day, which they noted as strange. Yeah, that's a bit counterproductive, hanging up your clothes to get more wet. Yeah, like, oh, he's left him out a couple of days, maybe. Or why's he put them on? Yeah, almost like you want the rain to wash something away. Maybe. They also noted Huntley's demeanour as agitated. Carr corroborated Ian's alibi, claiming they were at home all evening and didn't leave the house. Maxine Carr was also interviewed by the press in the second week of the investigation. She told reporters, I only wish we had asked them where they were going. If only we knew then what we know now, then we could have stopped them or done something about it. She said she couldn't believe the girls could have run away. They were very close to their family. She expressed how close she and the girls were also and showed cameras a thank you card Holly Wells made for her on the last day of school. She said in reference to Holly, that's the kind of girl she was. She was just lovely, really lovely. Mm, Unusual use of past tense, isn't it? Isn't it? Suspicions were raised then when a cameraman pointed out Carl was referring to the girls in the past tense. There we go. How did you know? There we go. It's very true. And she didn't just say, that's just the kind of girl she was. She said, that's just the kind of girl she was. Like, she really kind of rose on that word. Yeah. And so it it just made it more obvious. It just doesn't make any sense because, you know, you're her teaching assistant. This is someone who's obviously had a relationship with Holly. You'd be saying something like, oh, she's the loveliest girl. Um, 
I want her to come home. Like, we all miss her. We really miss her. Can't wait to see her. You'd be thinking things like that. You'd be hoping in your bones, wouldn't you? You wouldn't be saying she was lovely. That's my opinion. And she said about the card. She said, um, "I'm gonna and I'm gonna keep this for the rest of my life," as though it's like a weird memento. Yes. Which at this point you'd be hoping that you could get more cards, wouldn't you? Exactly. Hmm. Strange. Huntley had a history of attraction towards younger girls. He socialised mainly with girls younger than himself and even fathered a child with a 15-year-old girl when he was 24. A subsequent inquiry alleged that between 1995 and 2001, Huntley had sexual contact with 11 underage girls, ranging between 11 and 17 years old. None of these claims were ever substantiated, but tarnished Huntley's reputation considerably, enough for him to relocate to Littleport near Soham in 2001 from Grimsby. Despite these previous allegations of sexual contact with minors, he was awarded a position as head caretaker at Soham Village College. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. I feel like there's been a bit, a bit lax there Something's in the hiring process. Yeah. yeah. Did they see it and ignore it, or did they just not look? I, they mustn't have looked. I mean, one allegation's one thing, but 11 allegations that's that's something college with children i know i feel like yeah maybe not right for the job maybe pick the next guy yeah maybe pick anyone else literally anyone else but yeah not great grimsby residents watching the television interviews recognized huntley a former resident accused of the rape of an 18 year old girl they also recognized carl who was seen socialising in the town centre on the evening of the girl's disappearance. Uh. So here's what I want to know. While they're talking to him on the interviews, was there not somebody in the investigation, even the um, the special constable that he asked about the DNA, maybe just put his name in to the database yes. or something? Just, was just, that not... Let's just have a quick look, see who he is. Do you think it's like one of those things, like I remember when I was reading about the Charles Manson murders, where the two police stations just don't communicate... So well, this is, was before a central database. Apparently, what even in two thousand? Was it two thousand and two? There was no um, central database where all criminal inv- like information was stored. But would there not have been something on a record that even they could access? You'd think so. Yeah. Does that mean just up until whenever the central database came about, you could just? commit crimes and then move to a different county. I, I guess so. I guess it, that information pertains to when he was living in Grimsby. So Grimsby, Grimsby Police Station have all this information about this local guy, but to the people of Soham, he's Ian Huntley who works at the college. Yeah. Mm. Or maybe there's certain levels of things that they couldn't access until maybe later years or something. Yeah, it's, uh, it's odd. It's odd that. And yeah, I just don't understand also why you'd continue to go on TV and do these interviews, you know, if you're someone that's been accused of all these things. It's a bit, it's a bit odd. Well, um, they do say some people who are involved in criminal activity find it quite thrilling to insert themselves into investigations. Yeah, they like the rush of it, don't they? They like to relive um, the details of the case and see how the police are doing, if they're catching up to them or... Yeah, it's, it must have been a bit of a rush for him to be on TV talking to them about something he'd done yes, in a yeah. sick way. Um, you'll be happy to know, guys, that after this, a formal investigation of Huntley um, was 
undertaken. Um, his place of work was searched um, and items of burnt and cut up clothing were found in the bin of the site of the college, um, which matched the Man U shirts the girls had been wearing. Oh. And there was only parts of them. It wasn't the full shirts, but yeah, they were found in the in the bin. And forensic testing of the fibres matched samples from Huntley's home, um, body and clothing. His fingerprints were also found on the bin itself. Well, yeah. um, Huntley's car was also examined and it was found to have brand new tyres fitted and it had been cleaned thoroughly um, and the boot lining had been removed with a rough piece of carpet um, in its place as well as a very specific mix of dust, chalk, concrete and vegetation and um, was found on the wheels, uh, the wheel trims and mm -hmm. pedals. Okay. Um, Huntley and Carr were then formally interviewed and once Carr was faced with this incriminating evidence, she basically um, took back the alibi mm. said that she actually wasn't with Huntley on the the day as she originally had got stated. Out there, she? she got a bit caught out there, and then she said that she had had um, a phone call with Huntley where he'd stated the girls had spoken to him, inquiring about her new position. And when Holly had had a nosebleed, he'd taken he'd taken both the girls in to assist with the bleeding. Yeah, and then he says that they left right away, mm -hmm. and um, Car herself acted quite shocked at the allegations against Huntley. Yeah, but obviously then that proves that they were in his house. Yes, exactly. And she was saying the reason that he didn't come forward with this was because, um, as we heard earlier, there was quite a few previous allegations of Huntley and he was a bit paranoid that that would then mean he would be a suspect. Mm. But not, not so concerned not to go on TV Oh, Constantly. He's going to think, oh, I'm going to have to pack my life up again. Yeah. I'm going to have to move somewhere else. How inconvenient All for me. All these allegations yeah. of me being involved with children. Yeah. I'm sick of it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Again, not a bit suspicious. A bit. And then following extensive investigations and forensic analysis of the scene where the bodies of the girls were found on the 17th of August, forensic ecologist Patricia Wiltshire, sorry Patricia, I think I may have um, butchered your sorry, dog tile a little bit there. Ellie, go on, you give Pat the... Uh... Forensic ecologist and palynologist. There we go. I feel like you've made it up to Pat, don't you? <laughs> Good old Pat. Good old Pat. Okay, she deduced that the material found on the wheel trim and pedals matched the very unique and specific earth and material mixture found at the scene of the ditch. She also summarised that the girls had been killed elsewhere and later moved to the site and they had been killed about two weeks before being discovered. So obviously that would take us back to the 2nd of August. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so it was a 13-day investigation. So yeah. around two weeks sounds about right. That yeah that they were killed basically on that day. Yes. Mm. Um, interviews um, with Huntley proved difficult as he then decided to feign insanity and he was referred to a psychiatric hospital to undergo testing. And although he was assessed to be psychopathic, which I think isn't too surprising, no. um, he was not confirmed to be suffering from any psychotic illnesses and he was deemed mentally competent and fit to stand trial. Um, during the trial, he admitted that the girls had died in his house, but that the deaths were accidental. He claims that while helping um, Holly stem a nosebleed, he accidentally knocked her into the bath, killing her instantly. And when Jessica screamed in shock in an attempt to stop her screaming, he smothered her, causing her death also. The prosecution disputed this account, and 
I'm going to be honest, I remember when this case was happening and I, as you said, I was about nine years old at the time. Mm. I remember thinking, that isn't what happened. Mm. I remember not being able to get my head around that that is what it could possibly have been. And I guess at that age, you're not thinking murder. Yeah. It was one of, like, like we said, it was one of the biggest criminal cases in the UK yeah. ever. Yeah, it really was. It There were... It was it, the coverage was across the nation. It was. It it really. Everybody was. was talking about it, and everyone wanted Holly and Jessica to come home. Yeah, was... you would talk about it at school, and yeah. like but, uh, what? So obviously they were a year older than us. Yeah. So everybody at school was talking about it, and I yeah. guess it hit quite close to it home. It did. This this case has always hit quite close to home. Yeah, I think. Yeah. On the seventeenth of December two thousand and three. Huntley was found guilty of the murder of Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman. He was given two life sentences, later imposed by the High Court for a minimum 40-year sentence. Interestingly, the day after his conviction, the Criminal Justice Act 2003 came into effect, where judges can hand life sentences automatically in cases of abduction of the child or sexual or sadistic motivation. The judge in this case ruled he did not meet the whole life criteria. Had the sentencing been a day later, there may not have been any chance Huntley could be released from prison. As it stands, he is eligible for for a parole hearing in 2042. I'm quite surprised that it didn't meet the whole life criteria. Yeah, so at the time, there wasn't kind of a precedent for, you know, automatically if you're involved in the abduction or the murder of children, you get an automatic life sentence. So it's the kind of minimum sentencing they call it life but it's minimum like 25, 25 years, years yeah which is ridiculous it's ridiculous how is that just that's not life i'm older than that yeah so say he gets out in 2042 he'll be maybe like in his like 70s so yeah. he, he would still be possibly alive yeah and be able to live some of his life outside of prison and i don't think that's fair no i agree i don't think that's fair since his incarceration he has admitted to the charges of sexual assault of an 11-year-old girl. He also admitted on on a tape recorded in prison that during the search of Huntley's house, he had accidentally left Jessica's phone out on the draining board in his kitchen, but this was never picked up by officers. He is currently remanded in HMP Frankland, along with other well-known criminals such as Levi Belfield, Michael Adabalajo, and, before his death, Yorkshire Ripper Peter Sutcliffe. Carr was sentenced to three years in prison for perverting the cause of justice. Upon her release, she was given a new identity and on the 24th of February 2005 was granted an indefinite order protecting her new identity by the High Court on the basis that her life would be in danger were her new identity to be revealed. Is that fair? I don't think that's fair. I always think that they could be living like next door and you just wouldn't know. Yeah. And that... Is weird. But then I guess with Maxine, she's quite recognisable. Yeah. Her picture was everywhere. Do you know what I always think, right? Um, I, I, I throw this term around, um, that somebody has dead eyes. Yes. When somebody has really, really dark, really dark eyes, and I don't just mean the colour. Yeah. You can see in somebody's eyes they have a darkness. Yeah. And they sometimes say this about psychopaths. You can see it in kind of like Ted Bundy's eyes, for example. He has dead eyes. 
Um, it's probably to do with the facial expressions as well, isn't it? I guess yeah. if you're having a lot of feelings, the way you like look around and the way you act, it, it probably lights up your eyes a bit more. Yeah, maybe. But looking at Maxine Carr's face on these interviews, doing this research, um, I, I that's the first dead thing eyes. I, she had those dead eyes. Dead eyes, Maxine. Dead eyes, Maxine Carr. That's it. Yeah. And that's one thing that I'll remember about her. Yeah, like, I think she's got quite a, a striking face. It, it's one you'd recognise. Definitely, I I, I'd recognise Ian's face as oh, well. Yeah, I'd recognise Ian's face. But that's that's the thing. So, like you say, like she could be in a community now, part of a community with a family, but we wouldn't know it. And she willingly lied yeah. for a murderer or somebody that she knew to have a history of interact sexual interaction with children. Yeah, like... Is that forgivable? Not really. I think after the first allegation, when you were back in Grimsby, Maxine, I think maybe then that's when you should have been like, actually, nah. So what made her stick around? I have no idea. Tell me. Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman were laid to rest in separate ceremonies where the families asked the press to respect the privacy and no coverage was documented. Yeah, I understand that. Rightly so. Rightly so. I agree. So those are the details of the case in as much detail as we can give you. Yeah, it's quite a heartbreaking It's case. tough to hear. It is tough to hear. I mean, these two little girls, yeah. they just had the whole their whole lives ahead of them. And they were just, they, you know, they had a barbecue and it was just, you know, always I think when we're talking about these cases is just, it's just like wrong place, wrong time. Yes. So can you imagine if they didn't leave the house without telling their mum and this other girl that they were playing with, what if that girl didn't leave? Maybe they wouldn't have left the house. Yeah. Maybe if the barbecue wasn't happening that night, they wouldn't have left that night. But who's to say that with Ian Huntley around, that could have happened to anyone at any time, unfortunately. I'm not victim blaming at all. Ian Huntley is a predator. Oh, yeah. And I'm assuming that he probably maybe knowing you know that Maxine worked at a school yes I think that's like he just Maxine what are you doing babes like not only do you know that this man has allegations for hurting children you know you have a job in at which school. in a school in which you have contact with children in which you know I think she then got him a job at the school you know when Holly and Jessica were obviously Walking, walking down the street, you've seen someone you know. You feel mm. safe, don't you? You feel like this is a trusted adult. They work at school. Like, his, you know, fiancé is a teacher, teaching assistant. It's mm. That's what makes my skin crawl. The idea that you could have that power. It's an abusive power. Is it, what is, it is. It's absolutely hideous. I'm um, glad that they do more thorough DBS checks now. Yeah. There's a reason for that. Yes. Um, also... When doing this bit of research, um, Maxine was talking about how she got on with the girls and that one of them was so much more feminine than the other. One was a bit more of a tomboy. Um, and in an interview, she basically said that um, one of them wouldn't wear a dress if she was to get married and have them as her bridesmaids. So the girls said, oh, no, we would, we would wear dresses if we were your bridesmaids. So basically what I'm trying to get at is she talked to them closely enough that she talked about them being at her wedding to yeah. Ian Huntley. Yeah. So I would say maybe she had a closer relationship to them than normal teaching assistants yeah. would do with their students. And that leads me to question whether 
maybe they had been singled out by Carl. Yeah, maybe. For that very purpose. There's yeah. my theory. Yeah. I always think something else that makes my skin absolutely cruel is that she, mentioning the card that Holly made her when yeah. you know what's happened that you would mention oh she was a lovely girl she made me this card i'm gonna keep it forever how dare you did she know what happened what maxine card yeah uh, i mean i think she did okay i'm not I don't, I don't know well she must have she doesn't ever say he told me that he killed them he told her that they came into the house and i just think yeah i don't know she on some level. She must have known. She must have known. Yeah. Like, but then again, like, how... I wouldn't think you could think 11 allegations. Clearly, she thought 11 allegations That's were false. That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe she genuinely, genuinely didn't. Or maybe she But was... then why did she say, why did she use the past tense? Yeah, that's true, yeah. Maybe it's a bit of, like, um, Stockholm Syndrome, you know? Like, she's with this person yeah. that... I don't know, maybe they had kind of a tumultuous relationship. I think they did. I think he was quite abusive. Yeah. I think, I believe that I went that somewhere. Don't worry, guys, we'll edit that out if uh, I'm telling if I'm telling lies, but I think that they had quite you, an abusive... If you're hearing this, it's the truth, unfortunately. Yeah. So... And I do think... That's, that's quite sad, uh, then, isn't it, it? It is quite sad, and I think it's really difficult because I can't put myself in a place where you'd ever find that acceptable yeah. for your partner to to you know act like that and you would cover up for them and i i can't imagine that but you're right if you have been so badly abused maybe you're kind of blinded to the things yeah. that they do wrong because yeah. you want them to be better yeah which is actually kind of sad for like you know for her faults i have a very 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 small amount of sympathy yeah for the situation that she was in as well and i mean a very small amount because she kind of you know she was part of this she like a microorganism amount yeah of sympathy a tiny 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 mm. tiny 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 yeah tiny. yeah because it, it, it's easy to say you should have known he was going to do it or, or like you should have gone straight to the police. It's easy to say that in retrospect, yeah. but who's to say what she was thinking? Maybe she really did believe that, you know, I, I'm kind of thinking here back to, um, what case am I thinking of? Dying Downs? Wait, what are you thinking of? What case are you thinking of? Um, if they called the police, then they also would get charged with the murder. Oh, you're on. thinking of Julie Mugford and... Jeremy Bamber. I'm thinking about the last case we talked about. Okay, so Bamber's girlfriend, Julie Mugford. Yeah. Um, not going to police straight away with the truth, thinking that she would get in trouble or maybe that she would get Jeremy in trouble. So You know my feelings on that. We know how you feel about Julie Mugford. She's not your best best friend. I just think, go to the police. I'm sorry. I, I think... Say one... something, say something. That's exactly what I see. Something isn't that what they, isn't that what they say on the trains when you're meant yeah. to like spot a bomb? Like, yeah. but it applies. See something, say something. It applies to all situations. It does. It does. But I agree. I just it's easy to say it, but we don't know. Yes, I know. I'm I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a judgmental bitch where I think this is the very moral thing to do. But I guess life is a bit more. It is more nuanced than that. It is saying that. You know my feelings on Julie Mugford. I do. 
we do indeed. Let's not give her any more airtime. No. Um, yeah, so like we were saying, this one is really, it's kind of difficult to talk about. I think so far this one has been the most difficult to talk about. Yeah. It was highly publicised when we were younger. People talked about it at home. It was all over the news. Yeah, it's quite and an emotional one for for us, I think. Yeah, it, and the picture, I think, I will I will never oh, forget the picture of, of, of Holly and Jessica in the in the manu shirts. Yeah, they just look so kind of happy and hopeful. Yeah, yeah, it's like a lovely photo of two best friends, isn't it? Isn't it's it? just like a beautiful photo, and they look so happy. And yeah, you can really like feel that kind of like summer barbecue yeah. hanging out with your friends kind of feeling and i know what you mean it's it's in my it'll be in my mind forever i can just picture it and, and it's, some man i know sort of man thought that he could do whatever he wanted yeah it's devastating that those lives were taken away and apparently um you know he he spoke to that um police officer about the dna um how long DNA would last with it before deteriorating. Yeah. Apparently, um, he asked that later that afternoon, went back to the bodies to cut their clothes off. Oh, that's God. why he asked that question. That's, uh, that's... Because he didn't want... That's to... so cold. It's, yeah. oh, honestly, it doesn't bear thinking about. Yeah. Um, but there's, the principal isn't there. Um, I can't remember the name of it. It's like low cards or, or something like that. Um, principal where sometimes known as like Sherlock Holmes principle where everything a criminal comes into contact with leaves a mark even you trying to cover something up leaves a mark oh I hadn't heard of that that's really interesting so it also the more you try and cover something up the more of a mark you leave it's a funny paradox oh I see what you mean so in trying to cover up his crime and cut the girl's clothes off it created more evidence yeah, well, he, he ended up leaving a mark. Yeah. I'm not saying that he would not have done if he left them clothed, but it meant that the clothes were actually found at the site where he worked. His fingerprints were close by. His DNA was on the clothes. And unfortunately, it took 13 days for them to like find him guilty. But that evidence was irrefutable. Yes. That he did it. Yes. Yeah, even though it took them two um, times searching the school before they found it, which I find frustrating, mm. but... And what about them not noticing the phone on the draining board as well? Like, Jessica's actual mobile phone was in his house? Yeah. You think you, you'd take all, you'd think you'd take all phones. You'd think you'd take all phones, wouldn't you, if you're investigating someone's house? And I would just take having... pictures of everything. Yeah. But I guess at this point, he wasn't a suspect. He was like, this is this guy who's helping us out. What a great guy. Let's just... Oh, was it not when they were investigating the no, house? No, no, it was, be- oh, it was before. Okay. So they're okay. just doing... So, right. What we failed to mention is that over four... So we're talking about the biggest... One of the biggest police manhunts in UK criminal history. Over 400 police officers working full-time, so day and night, and the volunteers. And they talk to all the people on the um, register. Yeah. In two counties. Yeah. So they are going door to door to door to door, looking in everybody's houses, talking to everybody, you know, showing them pictures. They're doing a very, um, well, I call it thorough job. So it was just part of the procedure to look in his house yeah. and, like, just check things out. I mean, why not? He's the last person to have seen her. Yeah. Seen the girls, sorry. We'll just check things out. Yeah. 
I think something else quite interesting was regarding how he behaved in a lot of the interviews. As we know, he was at the forefront of the investigation, mm -hmm. really wanting to, you know, sort of even in a kind of way, like be the face of the investigation. Yeah, which does... it's kind of sick, isn't it? It is sick. But I was, I was um, looking at a lot of sort of clips and like analyses of his body language. Yeah, and for example, interesting stuff. Yes, and for example, during one of the interviews where he's saying the, the interviewer is saying that he might have been the last one to see the girls and that they came up and spoke to him on the doorstep for example he starts by saying the girls oh well i don't know the girls that well yeah because and it was considered a false start because the girl sounds quite familiar and then he instantly tries to then backtrack and make it sound not so familiar so yeah. it doesn't look like he has that kind of relationship yeah and he also when he was saying about how the girls were acting, he said they were really happy, they were really chatty. But as he was saying that, he's also subtly like shaking his head mm. as if he's, you know, disputing that. Yeah. Apparently, if you're saying something in the affirmative and you're saying, yeah, they were really chatty, really happy, apparently you either don't move your head or you nod your head and he's shaking his head and that yes. contradicts the affirmative statement. Yes, exactly. Mm. And another thing that they were saying is that when he was saying that, you know, they were really happy, they were really chatty, he also still looks quite, like, forlorn. Mm. And rather than having a happy expression when talking about them being happy and chatty, he's forgotten... He's let his guard down. He's let his, like he's forgotten to change his face to go with what he's saying. So there was just a lot of interesting. I think we were things. saying in the very first episode we did um, that it's not natural for human beings to. I think it was the Chris Watts episode. Um, we're not as good as we think we are at lying. It's really difficult to keep up a pretense. Because we get caught up in details and you don't know how you look from somebody else. We haven't got Honestly, a I can't lie at all. Like, I'll say, like, <laughs> a little practical and I'm accidentally laughing. It's like, what have you done? Because I can't even keep a straight face for that, let alone tell an actual proper lie. Yeah. And the, um, the criminologist who was analysing that um, interview also said that when he was furrowing his brow to um, talk about the things that were quite sad about, you know, when he was recounting what happened. Um, apparently, his right eyebrow was two or three millimetres higher than his left, which he thought was really suspicious because it seemed forced. When you're really sad and you furrow your brow, you do it symmetrically because you do it so forced, like it's natural to like really furrow your brow. Um, but he said because of the asymmetry of his brow furrowing, he thought that was also suspicious. Which is very detailed. That is very detailed, but I can't help... I'm so sorry, Els, but I have actually got really just distracted staring at your brows when you were saying that. Like I was this. just like... Yeah, I was just really watching the furrowing. I was doing some furrowing. She was doing some furrowing, guys. You've, you've missed out on yeah, some of the examples. Imagine me furrowing. Yes. That's a fun word. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good word. And lastly is the shoulders. It was the, the shrugging of the shoulders, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yes. Yeah. So apparently when you're talking about again he's talking in the affirmative and while shaking his head which also is contradictory to the affirmative statement he shrugged his right shoulder ever so slightly but enough for this guy to notice and say he's almost shrugging away what he's saying he's almost going eh, i guess they were like that yeah and also something interesting and this was in the actual police interview so not the tv 
interview okay. talking about the girls when he was actually being questioned and something he did when the um, police officer asked did you have any physical contact with the girls mm. he said physical contact with the girls no no like he repeated the question to kind of buy himself not Ooh. even buy himself more time but to decide how he's going to answer it he repeated the question to give himself a bit more time yeah. and then he was also holding on to his wrist Oh, as well, so like kind of doing an odd gesture with looking his hands. like a school kid, yeah, like, like, coy school kid. Uh, yeah, that's really interesting about the first thing. I, I didn't know that he yeah. did that because, yeah, if if somebody was like accusing you, which you would feel that way if you were in a police interview, you'd be like, no, 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 absolutely not, absolutely not, wouldn't you? Yes, you'd really be like quite passionate. Yes, exactly. You'd be like, no, no, I didn't. I did, Why I would didn't. you say that? No. You'd be like, what, what was it? Sorry, he said. Um, Physical contact? No. Physical contact, you say? No. Physical contact? Hmm. No. 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 It's honestly, it's what I I do at work when I'm being questioned (laughs) and I'm trying to buy time. (laughs) I'm like... Have you done that that report? Ah, that report, you say? Have I done that report? Yeah, of course I've done that report. (laughs) Like, it is the oldest trick in the book, isn't it? Like, for God's sake. He's doing everything wrong. Like... If he was trying to make himself look guilty, did it right? Well, the thing is, he was probably so arrogant by this point. I mean, think of all the assaults and, you know, and rape as well that he has been. He's gotten away with. He's gotten away with these absolutely horrific crimes. He probably thinks he's invincible. He probably did think he was untouchable. And that's why he felt, you know, like he could go on TV and talk about this and act like this and, like... You know, I'm helping, and and something else that he said in a second interview where he was saying, um, "Oh well, we've just got to look at our neighbours. You know, keep an eye on your neighbours, and you never know who's out there." Again, he's like trying to divert it, isn't it? Like, have a look at your neighbours. I'm looking at my neighbours. You look at your neighbours, when actually, we should be looking at you. He's, he's deflecting. He's going. He's deflecting. I tell you, I tell you, he's very suspicious looking. John down the road. Yeah. And I'll that, be, John at I'll number forty. Yeah, exactly. I'm not I'm not telling you to go and knock on his door, but yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, it is, it's anyone it, but him. It's anyone but him. He, but you would be like, it's all about the girls. Yeah, you would be like, it's really sad. Yeah, I'm the last one to speak to them. Um, I can't believe ne- yeah. now that they're gone. Would be more desperate. Yeah. But he, both him and Maxine Carr seemed very relaxed. Yes, they I did. I don't know. It's just. All of it's very suspicious. It's it's not good. It's not Because good. they're guilty. Yeah. And he has after no, but he's afterwards has I I think it was maybe twenty sixteen, um, there was this leaked footage from prison with him saying how like sorry he was for the pain he caused, saying, Oh, the girls I know the girls will be twenty six this year and la 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 and it's like So why did he attempt suicide in prison? Because he couldn't get a budgie. That's not. Okay. I didn't know that. That's really caught me off guard. Oh my god! Sorry. That's not an innocent man, is it? Okay. The police wouldn't give him a budgie for his um for his cell, so he took an overdose, but he didn't die. I'm that's... sorry. That's just like the. I wasn't expecting that <laughs> at all. I was not expecting any budgie related facts at this. Oh my I've got, god! I've got loads of them. Do you need some more? <laughs> No. Oh my god! Oh my god! Ian, pull it the fuck together! Like suicide over a budgie, of all the horrendous things you've done, I won't trust you with a budgie. 
No. And there was a good shout from the police officers. Absolutely no budgies for you, Ian. No. I'm just saying, that's not an innocent man right now. That's there. not an innocent man. Well, he's admitted, he admitted it, didn't he? He mm. obviously admitted to... And fancy saying, yeah, they died in my house, but I didn't do it. It was an accident. It's ridiculous. But hang on, if they died in your house and it was an accident, why were their bodies naked and burnt and found in a ditch? Ian? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you cared at all and there'd been an accidental death, you call an ambulance, you call, a, call like, the police. Oh my God, I can't believe this just happened. Like, come right now, they're in my house. Like, yeah. it was an accident. Like, yeah. look, you can see. And also, what I don't understand is, okay, you're saying that Holly fell in the fell in the bath and died instantly and then mm. Jessica started screaming and then you smothered her to stop her speaking. Screaming, well, yeah. Yeah, why? Because if, let's say, what you're saying is the truth yeah. and it's an accident, Jessica would back that up. She fell and hit her head, like, or whatever he's saying. Well, she would have backed that up, wouldn't she? Yeah. There would have been no reason to commit that well, second... That's clearly yeah. a lie, yeah. because he, when he was admitting it, he said that she was screaming and went to call for help on her, mo- her mobile, and at that point, he knew that he couldn't let her leave. That was that defining moment that caused a double murder, unfortunately, of two young it's, girls. It's awful, though. But, the, but as I was saying before, Bugsy, that he, the fact that he's even speaking about them years later, he doesn't deserve to. Like, yeah. he should not speak their names. He doesn't deserve to, like, yeah, give the, the family peace, I think. And the fact it's that disgusting. he says every year on their birthdays, he thinks about, or on the anniversary, he thinks about them. Don't. No. Like, you're not allowed to. You should just think about what a terrible person you are. Yeah. And apparently he was assaulted in prison as well. He was... Um, he was badly assaulted. He was in the neck, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Stabbed in the neck by um, a really, I think, um, quite infamous um, armed robber. Oh. I can't remember the guy's name, but yeah, he assaulted him. No, um, I heard that it was bad. I wonder whether that Ian's talking about it in prison, going, I did this and that, and... You know, there's... I think it was so well publicised. You'd probably see it in prison. You know, they say... They say about prisons that even murderers and, um, you know, like, armed robbers in prison, they hate the paedophiles. Yeah. Even they're the lowest of the lowest of the low. Yeah. You you don't want to be a paedophile or an ex-cop in prison. No. That's what they say. Yeah. Ex-cop. Am I American now? Huh. Copper. Copper. Oh yeah, me old copper. I don't know what that was. Bobby on the beat. <laughs> Bobby on the beat. <laughs> that sounds like a DJ. It's Bobby on the beat. It's like Pitbull. <laughs> Pitbull on the beat. I like that. There you go, you can use that one. <laughs> Thanks. But yeah, I think that is everything, unless you have... No, I mean... I think there's lots of interesting parts of the case. I think the most interesting part is the interviews. Um, This, again, I'm harking back to our previous episodes here, because if you haven't listened to them, go back and listen to them, or I will come find you. Um, She will. The Diane Downs episode, where she willingly did interviews re... um, like, acting out the events of the horrific murder and attempted murder of her three children. What is it with people doing... TV interviews. It's it's a sick kind of like, I don't know whether it's like sexual or it's a thrill, 
but apparently they love it. Yeah, it's the attention, isn't it? And it's like you said earlier, sort of knowing you've gotten away with something or you think you're getting away with something. Like, look at them try and find me. I'm right here. Yeah, it's... It's like dangling a carrot in front of the authorities and then not being able to find it. It's true. It's very true. But, yeah, so... That was it. Was a tough one to research. That's for sure. It really was, and to recall again from when we were young. Yeah, because it is just a really sad one. Um, but you know, we hope that maybe with Huntley's incarceration, that yeah. the families have had maybe some kind of closure. Yeah. And I know, um, Kevin Wells, so Holly's father, is involved in a lot of charity work, oh, and I know I think they did a walk across the great wall of china like raising oh. money so yeah that's probably guys that look maybe do have a little look into that and yeah, like you can donate money some money and, to them yeah. yeah that's it for today well see you next time guys love ya love ya bye, bye.